Welcome to the Coffeehouse Questions Podcast. This is Ryan Pauly. Uh, today, what we're going to be looking at is this question. It's an, it's an argument that I got um, talking about the existence of leprechauns and fairies and making the claim that the same reason we believe that leprechauns don't exist without having positive evidence of their non-existence is the same reason people believe that God does not exist without having positive evidence of his existence. And so today I'm going to give a short response to that and kind of talk through some things that are going through uh, my mind. And I've been thinking about this a couple of weeks because it came up on my blog uh, that I wrote on the question, the question um, is atheism a lack of belief in God? And this response came up August 30th, so about a month ago, and I responded to it right away, uh, but I've been thinking about it since then. But on Saturday, I was at the Rethink Student Apologetics Conference, which, by the way, there were uh, almost 1,800. I think the final count was like 1,750 students, leaders, and parents that were there. The conference was focused on who is Jesus, trying to help students get a better understanding of who Jesus is and what it means to follow him and how do we live for him in our culture. And it was amazing, some of the speakers that that came in and talked on these different issues. But one question that came up kind of related to this idea of different kinds of belief, and that's why I wanted to deal with it on the podcast today. It's come up a few times over the last month with me. It came up at the conference. And so I thought this would be a good time to respond and kind of give a response to this idea. So I want to start off with reading the comment that I got on my blog, or at least part of it. And so you kind of get an idea of how this argument is presented before I get into my response. So here is the comment um, by Randy from August 30th on the blog, uh, is belief in, or or, sorry, is atheism a lack of belief in God? And, And here's what Randy says. Now, if I asked you outside of this conversation, if you think leprechauns exist, you wouldn't get into a bunch of acrobatics about how we don't know that leprechauns definitely don't exist. And it's possible that they do. You wouldn't try to say that maybe they do exist, but you're merely not convinced. You would likely say leprechauns aren't real. Change it to fairies or gremlins or gorgons, and it's the same thing. You are functioning as though they don't exist because there is no good evidence of their existence and would likely never engage in any nonsense about the being possible if they're not proven to not exist. But because you hold a particular magical being as special, among all others, you expect people to give your magical being special difference. Your deity is on par with gremlins and leprechauns when it comes to the burden of proof. And just like you're not going to treat leprechauns as something other than fictional magical creature, I'm not going to treat your fictional magical creature any differently. On a purely philosophical level, your deity is technically possible, but on a practical practical level and based on the poor quality of justifications for God beliefs offered by people over the millennia, yours and every other pos- proposed deity is just as rational a thing to think is true as the leprechaun or gremlin. Technically, philosophically, most atheists are agnostics. The terms are not exclusive, but just like you behave as the leprechauns don't exist in every other facet of your life, so do atheists behave regarding your and other deities. And that's where he uh, ends with his comment. And so here you kind of have this, this idea that There is no positive evidence for the non-existence of leprechauns. 
yes, leprechauns possibly exist. It's not a logical contradiction. Um, they could possibly exist in the same way that fairies or gremlins or the tooth fairy or unicorns or Santa Claus or any of these different things. But we have no positive evidence for their non-existence, but we can still live life claiming they don't exist in the same way that atheists don't have to provide evidence for the non-existence of God in order to believe and hold to the belief that God does not exist. And so now, is that true? Or is there good reason? And this is what I want to talk about now. And the first thing I want to mention is this. There are times when the lack of evidence for something is not evidence that that thing does not exist. There are some times that, yes, it's possible something exists. I don't have any proof that it doesn't exist. I don't have any proof that it does exist, but it's possible. And so we can't go one way or another. However, there is sometimes where having a lack of evidence that something does exist is positive evidence of its non-existence. And let me give you an example. If I'm in my classroom at school and I say, you know, Bill or Johnny uh, is not in my classroom. You can go into my classroom and look for him. If you do not see Johnny, there's no evidence of him being there. And so that is positive evidence that Johnny is not in my classroom because you're in a confined space with a physical being that is supposed to be in there. And so not having evidence of him there is evidence that Johnny is not there. I hope that you're following me and that makes sense. Now, if I said something like, uh, there is no flea in my classroom. Now that would be much harder because I could say, well, I don't see a flea, but it's possible a flea could be there that I just don't see. And so I don't necessarily have to prove. And so you kind of get into this idea where, well, I can kind of believe there's no fleas in here, but you can't really prove it. And so not seeing one is not positive evidence. There's no, there's no flea. But if I say, I don't see Johnny, there, there's no Johnny in my room, then that is a justified belief because not seeing him is positive evidence he's not there. So that's the first thing I want to think about is that there are some times. So in the same way, we can say there's no planet between the earth and the moon. There's, we, it's not that we just don't see one, but the fact that there's not one where there should be, the fact that there's not something where something should be is positive evidence that that thing does not exist especially if it's big enough. So a person in a room or something like that in a confined space where we can look and prove that the lack of evidence for the existence of that thing is positive evidence that it does not exist. So that's the first thing that I kind of want to um, help you understand and to think about. Now, the second thing, and this is what came up at the Rethink Conference, and this is the idea that there are three different kinds of belief. The first belief is an irrational belief, and J. Warner Wallace described this as belief in something even though there's evidence of to the contrary. So there's evidence on the other side of the opinion that what you're believing in is wrong, yet you believe it anyways. That would be an irrational belief. And so the, this came up because a student said, there's nothing that I can do to convince myself to believe that there's a table to my left side where there was no table. And so what the response, part of the response was, was, yeah, because we have positive evidence that there is no table because a table is a physical thing that we should see. And the fact that we don't see it, there is good evidence, positive evidence. It doesn't exist. And so that would be believing in something, even though there's evidence to the contrary. And so that would be an irrational belief. Now, the second one would be like a blind faith, a blind belief. 
uh, we don't really have evidence either way. We kind of close our eyes, we take a blind leap, and we hope that that thing is there, but we don't have good reason to believe either way. And then the last form of belief, so we have irrational belief, a blind belief, and then is the rational one, that we believe in something that the evidence points to. There's good reason to believe the chair is going to hold me, and so I put my belief and my faith, my trust in the chair, and it holds me. And that would be a rational belief, believing in something that there's good evidence for. And so how do leprechauns and God's existence come into this? Well, I think that it's good, or we can say, yes, I, Santa does not exist, or I don't believe in Santa. And we would say that belief in Santa is irrational because there is positive evidence that Santa does not exist. And some of that evidence is that, one, Santa is told, said to live at the North Pole. We can go to the North Pole. There's no Santa's workshop. We don't have this these positive evidences. And you can go into kind of the irrational, you know, approach of, you know, him being able to get to every house of every kid and fit down chimneys and all that sort of thing. And so the story is obviously a made up story. There's good reasons, positive reasons to believe Santa does not exist. And so to believe in him would be an irrational belief. There's positive reasons of his non-existence. And so a belief in him is irrational. Now, the same thing with leprechauns, a physical being that sh creature that should exist inside of our universe and so just the same as the, you know, the student existing inside my classroom, the fact that we don't see them is positive evidence that they don't exist. It's not a microscopic thing that we can't see. It's not a thing that we're just unsure about. But there's very good positive evidence because of knowing where these kind of the, the fable and how it was created and the fact that we don't see them where they should be is positive evidence that they don't exist. So believing in them would be irrational. And therefore, we can say, look, they do not exist because there's positive evidence of their non-existence. Now, is God the same way? And the answer is no. Now, this is simple. If you Google, in fact, I just did this. Let me pull up my thing. I Googled list of arguments for God's existence. And the first thing that comes up is 20 arguments for the existence of God. And if you click on it, it goes through. Let me click on it here. The argument from cause, from efficient causality, the argument from contingency, the design argument, the Kalam cosmological argument, the argument from miracles, the argument from consciousness, the argument from truth, the argument from morals, the ontological argument, and the list goes on. And so to say that there is no evidence for God's existence in the same way that there's no evidence for the existence of leprechauns or fairies, or gorgons, or, or the different things that were uh, brought up in this thing is just not the same. These are completely different categories. These are completely different things. In fact, we have positive evidence for the existence of God. Now, it's possible someone could say, look, you know, it's, I, that evidence is not convincing enough. I'm not convinced by it. And that's fair to say I'm not convinced it, but to say that there is no evidence for God's existence, or even to put it in the same category as a creature or being in which we have positive evidence of its non-existence is not even a fair comparison. And so when you look at this, Christianity is not an irrational belief because there is not positive evidence of the non-existence of God. At best, someone could say it's a blind belief, believing without positive or negative evidence. But it's, not simply, it's clearly not irrational. 
because there's no positive evidence of God's non-existence. And so I guess you could say, yeah, it's either a blind belief or a rational belief, something based on evidence. But it's very clearly not in the same category as leprechauns, Santa, or these other mythical creatures that we know are mythical and that we have positive evidence that they do not exist. And so there, I think, is a short response kind of coming against this idea that, oh, hey, just like you can say leprechauns don't exist, uh, even though there's no evidence for them, um, I'm going to regard your made up being as the same way. But clearly, the positive evidence that these things don't exist is very different from the many, many arguments for the existence of God. And so I hope that, hey, we're not going to memorize all 20 arguments for God's existence. Um, some say there's even 24, uh, I think, uh, is written in another book. Um, you can't memorize all those. But I think it's important to, to hit kind of the main three, the cosmological argument, the clom, the moral argument, and the argument from design. I think that we can understand those three and at least have three good positive reasons for God's existence. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Coffee House Questions podcast. And I want to ask a, a favor of you. If you listen to this podcast, if you uh, feel like you get something out of it, I want to ask for your advice and for your help. One, I would love for you to go to iTunes and rate this podcast so that the message will get out there so that something that you enjoy can spread to more people. And second, I'm thinking about doing some changes, possibly making it longer, and I would like your opinion. So if you could please send a message at Facebook at the Coffeehouse Questions Facebook page. Kind of let me know what you think about the length and, and how you like it. I would love your feedback so I know how to move forward to better create content that you enjoy and that you listen to. This has been Coffeehouse Questions, Ryan Polly. Guide my way.